Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. We are glad that you are with us here today. We are going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. We are on the edge of the second national signing day. We got grad transfers to talk about. We got kids that are on the verge of committing. We got recruits that we are chasing and getting health health updates on. That and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. Well, many of you were looking for our episode that was going to drop last Monday, including the hour and 10 minutes that we I thought was a pretty good show. We had talked about some recruits. We talked about some grad transfers that had committed. And then somewhere between Azel, Alito, and suburban Chicago, the whole darn thing died. It's really only the second time this has happened in four and a half years of doing this show. But uh, Daniel, you're the, you the power behind the throne on this. How frustrating is it for us to put over a couple hours of work into this and then just basically watch it disappear on my laptop? Yeah, pretty annoying, but um, uh, that's the way technology go. Um, <laughs> that's the uh, way it go. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, because of my mad skills and expertise, we've only had this happen twice, and we know that other podcasts – uh, TCU, um, ilk. It's, uh, they've had a lot of trouble, but I'm just going to sit here and pat myself on the back and say, we've of all the TCU podcasts, not only are we the best show, we are the, (laughs) we are the most successful in completed recordings. (laughs) Successful. He's calling his shots, man. Yeah. Our QBR is pretty high. Our QBR is, is is pretty high. Yes, there are there are other podcasts. There's other good podcasts that I listen to, but man, when we record, there's like a ninety eight percent chance we're going to have a show by the time we're done. So, you know, I know we put some time. I put a little bit of time pregame. You know, get an outline, figure out what we're going to talk about. Jeremy's got to do his work on his end. You gotta you gotta prep. You gotta get the internet ready, Daniel, and then you gotta record it. And I know you mix it and all that kind of stuff afterwards. But yeah, you and I stayed on online after your, after our show last week, which I thought was a really good show that no one will ever get to listen to. Um, and, and we tried everything we could Man, to salvage it. All the it. scoop I, on that show. Oof. All the scoop yeah. on that show. Yeah, all, Man, there was all the, so all much the great jokes and laughter and mm, yeah. Man, mm, all the so. all the uh, secret info that. Now you can't let out. No, it's a shame. It was, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's it's like the the it's like the Nixon tapes. One of these days they'll come out and everyone will hear it. But there's just not a lot that we can. If anyone wants, because it's really just Jeff's track that we lost. If anyone's wondering, (laughs) I can put together me and Jeremy, but then it'll be like a couple minutes of silence where Jeff was supposed to talk. So. Take take a poll on that or something on the board. <laughs> okay, we'll take a poll on that one. Um, I, I think that's one of those uh, Nate Silvers. I think I already know the outcome before the election took place. So, <laughs> Well, we're going to dive right in here and get into recruiting content, and we're going to make sure that this show posts. So hopefully you're listening to this sitting on Airport Freeway tomorrow on Monday morning, stuck in traffic, listening to this episode of the Frogcast. Uh, in the last week, which we talked about last week, we'll give you a little bit of a taste of what was on that show. Uh, the Frogs picked up not one but two grad transfers. I know Alex Delton committed over a week ago, but uh, we, we picked up a grad transfer, a D-lineman from South Carolina, Jeremy. Tell us a little bit about him, and uh, obviously the Frogs are in the market for getting experienced big bodies on the line, especially a defensive end. Take us inside his recruitment and, and what, what Frog fans will want to know about him. Yeah, this is just a, a great addition for the Frogs, and, and we talk about how the Frogs close every year during the 
recruiting cycle and, and man, they've done really, really good in, in January, but getting him um, from South Carolina, he, he's been one of those guys. He hasn't put up a lot of stats, but if you look at his physique, he's six, five, he's two sixty seven. He was a four star out of high school. One of the most highly regarded uh, defensive end prospects uh, out of his class. And it, it is at a position that TCU really needs bodies at. Uh, unfortunate thing about it is he's not going to be on campus until June because he doesn't graduate from South Carolina until May. But uh, it, it's a big addition. And, and it's one of those uh, additions where if you look at his stats and, and you're thinking, oh, well, maybe he, he didn't put up huge numbers. He only played in eight games this past year, made two starts. What's the what's the situation? Uh, South Carolina's got some, some talent, talented defenders and Sometimes all it takes is just maybe a change of scenery. And I think that's what uh, Shamik really needs. And I think he could flourish under uh, Coach Patterson and Dan Sharp uh, and, and, you know, that defense and, and letting him have a chance to get after the quarterback. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great addition. I think uh, the Frogs hit a home run with it. The system get a chance to work in, in play for for Coach Sharp for obviously underneath the tutelage of Coach Patterson. I think he's going to be a great addition. And the bottom line is, you know, we need a 21, 22 year old out there on the DN to 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 put some muscle on that defensive line. That's where obviously the frogs are the are the thinnest on that defensive line. Interior, I think they're going to be loaded next year. We got a healthy Ross Blacklock. We got Corey Bethley. Uh, you know, we had some people that came along this year. It's going to be interesting to see what Blackshire is going to be able to do for the Frogs. But that's a great addition. And when you think about, you know, people talk about getting grad, grad transfers like it's going to be the next Russell Wilson or it's going to be, you know, the next Jalen Hurts. More than likely, it's going to be a guy like him where he comes in, he makes some starts, he adds some depth. He's an older guy that's going to be able to bring some uh, some uh, the lack of knucklehead to the locker room, and that's the kind of guy that I think the Frogs need. And this is this is a good pickup. And I think by the time the season wears on next year, you're going to see that this was a great addition, and the Frogs did their due diligence in bringing him in. The second grad transfer is a name, of course, that Frog fans are familiar with. Uh, Alex Delton coming from K State little side note, he was in the youth group of a buddy of mine that's a pastor in Hayes, Kansas. Kyler Moyen wrote me before the 2017 game and said, I always pull for TCU, but I have to pull for K-State today because Alex Delton got baptized at my church, which I thought was kind of a cool story. Oh, that's but, neat. You know, he's, yeah, it is neat. He's coming in. Uh, obviously, we're, we were not in the Jalen. We were not going to win the Jalen Hurts lottery. Jeremy, tell us why this is a good addition for the Frogs at quarterback. Well, uh, I think athletically speaking, he's he's brings a lot of athleticism to the group. Uh, if you look at what they got right now, Mike's not going to go through spring. Justin is still working his way back to being a hundred percent healthy, and and you have Max, who by all accounts has a has a great future ahead of him. Highly regarded kid, uh, but I, I think it, it it's great for Alex to already be on campus, go through the the spring camp, uh, learn TCU's offense. And really, just be a guy that's that's in the uh, in, in those meeting rooms that brings you some experience. An, an older guy, kind of like Shamik does for defensive ends. And with these two grad transfers, this these are these are much different from your your seventeen and eight year old, eighteen year old recruitments. They're not looking for the flashy jerseys. They're not looking for the uh, uh, you know the the 
coaching relationships the barbershop and, and the all waterfall. that. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not looking for the the glitz and the glamour. They're they're wanting to make a business decision on on where they go. And and really, for both of those guys, it, it's great for them. Shamik comes into a situation where there's not a lot of defensive ends, and and Alex at quarterback, if he can beat out Mike Collins, which is the stiffest competition for him right now. Uh, as we don't know whether or not Justin's going to be back, I, I think he's obviously going to work hard at getting back. And, and if he is back, then, man, that's going to change the whole element of the uh, the quarterback battle. But I think Alex is, is going to bring uh, – I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be the next Trevon Boykin, but I do think he's going to bring some great athleticism to the position. Uh, and, and there's some throws, guys. It, it, the, the funny thing about it is, is when you watch – these tapes of these kids there's there's not anyone if you're a person that's at home and watching you know hours upon hours upon hours of game film for particular prospects then more power to you but all we really do is as fans is watch highlights or we see a couple games and I'll, I'll fully admit there's some games where Alex doesn't look like he can throw a football and there's some games including last year against TCU where he threaded the needle and threw a great pass for a touchdown, and, and it's those moments like that that I know Sonny Cumbie has dissected and watched over and over, hours upon hours of film uh, from not just this past year but the year before, and and decided, you know what, I think Alex can be a good fit for our, for our offense. And he uses that same mentality when he goes and recruits guys like Justin Rogers, guys like Max Duggan. So you got to trust his ability to evaluate and at least take a chance on Alex. I was kind of disappointed with some TCU fans the way they were – talking bad about Alex saying this was a reach for me personally, I think Kansas state kind of restricted his abilities as a quarterback. If you watch their offense, which everyone does, everyone knows they're tackled to tackle offense. They, they do 90% of their offense, maybe not that high, probably about 70% of their offense between the tackles. They're a power run team, even with their quarterbacks, they get them back in the shotgun and they make them run between the tackles. And I think with TCU's offense, as crazy as it sounds, because it wasn't that great last year, but at least Sonny puts them in situations where they spread the receivers wide. They sometimes have four receivers, sometimes have five receivers. And I think with the five receiver set, when you have Alex Delton back there in shotgun, and we saw it last year against TCU, he can take that snap and he can use that 4-4 speed and make some plays. And for whatever reason, if he doesn't come in and he's just going to be a guy that's going to have to back up Mike or even Justin, the, the good thing is, is when you have those packages like the Wild Frog and we're watching Shawo take snaps and run in and getting tackled for a one-yard gain or even a two-yard loss, we now know with Alex, at least you give another wrinkle to that offense where you can line him up in that situation. And it's not a guarantee that he's going to run every time just because he's athletic. The, the guy can make some passes too. So at worst case scenario, I think he at least adds another wrinkle to the offense. And I'll tell you right now, the coaches are extremely excited to have him on campus and, and can't wait to see what he can do. And I know the players are too. A lot of the players are hopped up that he's around there. You know, he does seem like the kind of addition that you want. He's the kind of guy that's going to be able to come in and contribute. He's experienced that, you know, he's not going to be concerned about stepping into a, a big 12 game. He knows what he's doing there. You know, and I, I checked on his, on his stats and stuff. He's a lot bigger than I thought. You know, he's over six foot. He's going to be able to, to see the field and throw the ball. So I think this is going to be a great addition. If, if nothing else, you know, we have Mike injured. 
we have Justin that we all know is, is going to contribute at a high level one of these days. We just don't know if it's going to be August 31st, 2019. Uh, we, we need depth at quarterback. We need right. depth at quarterback. You can't have the, the only healthy quarterback being uh, Max Duggan, who's never – you know, who's, who's never, ever taken a snap in college. So we need this depth no matter what. I think about it like a Matt Jokel transfer. That's That was a no-brainer to take Matt. And, you know, he pushed – we all know he pushed Trevon to be what he was in 2014. Uh, you know, fortunately got hurt in that Tech game in 2014. But if he w- if Alex is able to do what Matt Jokel did, then that's a win. That he's able to, you know, push the competition, be a level-headed, mature guy in the locker room, and it looks like he came here to play. So I say, just roll the dice and, and see who's see who's the healthiest and who's able to contribute the most come this fall. So I'm really glad to have him in this. Really glad to have him in the program. Well, we are on the verge of some uh, some of this last wave of 2019 kids uh, committing. Uh, one kid that's on commitment watch is Dylan Jordan, a, a fast rising linebacker out of Kansas that probably four months ago nobody had on their radar. But now in the, in our 24-7 ratings, he is now up to a four-star linebacker. He's getting stalked by uh, Nebraska. He just got off an official visit to Nebraska. He was at an official visit last weekend at TCU. Uh, he's going to commit tomorrow. Do I? Or he's going to commit on Monday. Do I understand that, Jeremy? January twenty yeah. eighth. He is going to commit. So by the time you listen to this, he might have made his commitment. But uh, tell us where the frogs stand with him, how his recruitment has unfolded, and uh, what what frog fans might expect tomorrow. Now this this is a great story. I love I love kids that just come out uh, from the radar and and end up being recruited the way he has. The, the kid, you're right, Jeff. I mean, in November, he had two FCS offers. I didn't say FBS. I said FCS. They didn't even have a major division one offer until uh, I want to say early December when Utah state offered. And that was still a G five school. And, and he didn't really get his first P five offer until almost late. I think December 26, somewhere around there where he started to really start generating attention from uh, some of these major players. But the good thing with TCU, although they didn't offer until late December, early January, they had already built that relationship with Chad Glasgow going up there. He was the first coach that made an in-home visit. Everyone's kind of wondered, who's this Dylan Jordan kid? And they look him up and they say, oh, he's got two FCS FCS offers. This, this kid may be a reach. And, you know, everyone's looking at it. But then you have – yeah, Kansas, Kansas State, Nebraska, Utah, uh, Louisville, Oregon's recruiting him. Florida State just offered last week, and he's become one of the top uh, uh, recruited linebackers really in in the month of January in the nation. And he's gone all the way up, as you mentioned in our rankings. Twenty four seven Sports has him as a four star and the number fourteen linebacker in the country. And this this kid, a month and a half ago, early early uh, December, no one really knew a whole lot about him outside of Kansas. And it, 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 the frogs are. I'll tell you what, real quick. Go ahead. Real quick, I want to say this: If Kyle Whittingham wants him at linebacker, I want him at linebacker. Oh yeah, yeah. you know the two guys whose assessment I trust as much as anybody outside of Fort Worth is Matt Campbell and Kyle Whittingham. I mean that defense is nails. Can't I mean Utah. 
they 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 produce great players with with less talent than anybody in in the power five as far as i can as far as i'm concerned they overachieve at a level of comparable to their talent so if if kyle whittingham says this guy can play linebacker for me in the pac-12 then that's who i want so i'm really excited about this kid i'm really excited about this kid it sounds like he's built a pretty good relationship with coach glasgow is that is yeah that what you're uh, yeah yeah as well? that's that's what i was saying earlier that you know chad was the first um, FBS coach, or, and I think really the first coach overall to make an in-home visit with them, and and TCU hadn't even offered yet, and that's kind of like that's kind of when everyone started to wonder who's this Dylan Jordan kid. But I, I spoke with Dylan last week after his TCU visit, and he was just blown away by everything. And it was at that point where I felt like, okay, this kid is is either silently committed to TCU or he's going to commit to TCU. But he he said he re- he really wanted to at least visit Nebraska, and uh, that's what he did this past weekend, seemed to have a good time. He is going to make his announcement on Monday, I think at 4, 4 or 5 o'clock. So by the time some people do listen to this, if they listen to it on the treadmill late in the afternoon, then he had already been committed. But uh, TCU did make an in-home visit tonight. Coach Patterson Coach Glasgow were in-home. And to me, here's here's my philosophy. And, and listen, I don't, I don't have any, any knowledge of uh, – you know, him committing or anything like that. I just feel pretty strongly about TCU. My whole point is I I don't think he would have visited or even announced that he was making his commitment earlier this week and, and setting that timeline for tomorrow if he didn't know where he was going. It's not – and I said the same thing about Jalen Catalan when he was announcing. If you all remember, I said – He's not going to wake up that Friday morning and decide, "Oh man, I've got to commit today. Where am I going to go?" These kids know. <laughs> these kids know where they're going. And I think when I think when Dylan made that uh, or had that tweet, he knew in his heart where he was going. And I don't think he would have scheduled it had he canceled the visit tonight with TCU. Then I think that would have been really eye opening. But the fact that he didn't, and TCU was still in his house. I think that bodes extremely well for TCU and, and and getting his services, just because I've seen I've been around this recruiting game so long, and and I, I think kids are getting more to the point now to where they they really don't want to waste kids' time or co- not kids' time but coaches' time, and and even even then the the kids will tell their parents, hey, can you if they're nervous about it, can you at least call coach so and so and tell them. We we got to cancel the visit, so I, right. I I think TCU has a has a really good shot. Uh, he he fits their defense perfectly. They need a fast guy. He's a fast guy. He reminds me a lot of Montrell Wilson, and some of the guys I've spoken with said the same thing. He's he's legit six two, almost six three, and he he weighs one ninety five right now. He's because he, he's doing track workouts, but they feel that he could be a guy that easily plays between 215, 220, a lot like Montrell. Everyone talks about how Montrell looks like this really good-looking linebacker and really athletic. I think that's what we're all going to be saying about Dylan in a couple of years once he gets in, in Don Summers' weight training and adding muscle, and and, and obviously he's already got the speed. So, uh, And if anyone remembers, Ty Summers weighed like 210 when he got to TCU, and look what he looks like now. So, I mean, crying out loud, the kid played defensive end sometimes this year. So it ain't going to be a problem getting weight on weight on Dylan if he does decide to choose TCU. But uh, TCU's in a in in great shape, and and man, just another night. If they can finish with a guy like 
Earl Barquette they got last week. Uh, Lance Shamik, the grad transfer, get a guy like Alex Delton. They've got a great chance at Dylan Jordan. They've got a great chance at Keon Stewart out of North Shore. This is a really, really good job by the coaches to close out this class. Is it a is it landing five stars and four stars? Are they going to be talked about in the top five? No, but we're never when 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 we're talking about TCU having a top five class, and this is absolutely no knock on the coaches. But if we're talking about TCU in a top five class, someone pinch me because I'll be dreaming because I just don't think it'll ever happen. I don't know. I don't know if TCU is ever going to become the program where they're going to be consistently pulling in top five classes. It's a lot harder to do in football than it is basketball, by the way. Everyone knows that. But the way that the, yes. the class has finished right now, especially if they can get a guy like Jordan and, and, and get Stewart, man, this is just a, a, a great job by the coaching staff closing out with those guys. And I think if they do get those guys, if they, if they do land Jordan and Stewart, that's going to be a close to it. It's going to be the end of the class. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to make a plug for 24-7 in just a little bit here, but I'm scrolling through the Nebraska site because they already have their update on his visit, and they basically just said everything you said, which is uh, Jordan's mom loves Coach Glasgow. Jordan loves Coach Glasgow. The Frogs have an in-home right now that uh, that everything is uh, is pointing TCU's way. So you need to get on 24-7 and, and read what the Nebraska fans are saying. So there's a, there's a lot of movement in recruiting right now, but you need to pay attention tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully we get a chance to, uh, to land another player because I think, I think Jordan Thomas – or, yeah, Dylan Jordan – Dylan Jordan is going to be able to make a, a great contribution wherever he's at. Hopefully it's with the Frogs. So. Hey, speaking of 24-7 and, 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 and hopping, on, hopping on board, we've got this great deal going Yes, at Horn Frog Blitz. Perfect. You can you can buy one month and get five free. I mean, that is, that is pennies on the dollar, fellas and ladies. I mean, you're not going to find a better deal out there. And trust me, all this stuff that we're talking about right now on the podcast, how long have we been talking about it on the board? For about two weeks now? At least two to three weeks. I mean, yes. it's it, it it's it's worth it. And I'm not trying to just uh, pat my own back and and pub my own site, but I am. But I am. But, but I, I am. am. I am. I am. But no, you got no. This is a great, great time deal. To, to join twenty four seven. I've tweeted yep. about it all day great long. Deal. What is, tweeted about it. I t- I'm sure Jeff has retweeted. I'm sure Daniel. Does anyone know Daniel's alias on Twitter? I don't think we should say that. No, I know it. I know it. T- he changed it. Oh, okay, he, joined, he did when he joined okay. the board. When he joined our board, yes, he had to change it by. Yeah, by I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, reflect poorly on twenty four seven. He had to go back and you know you have that app that says delete all my likes. He immediately had to go back and uh, delete all of his likes and all of his retweets. That's funny. <laughs> uh, might have had some commentary about uh, our friendly rivals uh, south of south of, of Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's dig into another guy that's on commitment watch. Well, he's already committed, but we've been following his commitment for uh, about a month here with bated breath. Uh, Darwin Barlow out of Newton, you know, two-time state champion, obviously one of, if not the best running back in the state. And we have been kind of living and dying with uh, his travel plans, man. I need a, I need a flight wear out of Newton, Texas. He was going to go visit Florida State, then he wasn't, then he was going to come visit TCU, and then he wasn't. He says he's committed to TCU, even though he went to USC, which we all knew was going to happen if you're part of 24-7. You're not surprised by this. 
Jeremy, this has been like sands through the hourglass for a lot of us. And um, my gut says it's all going to end with him putting his signature on the line for his letter of intent to come be a frog. But that said, until it happens, I am just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous as can be. Tell us a little bit of where everything stands with uh, Darwin Barlow. Was he in Fort Worth this weekend? What was going on around that? And what do you think is going to happen in this next 10 days with his recruitment? Well, he, he didn't make it into Fort Worth. And, and when I kind of reported on Friday that, um, or I can't remember if it was Thursday or Friday, this, this thing's been fluid. So I've been trying to stay on top of it as much as I can. The, the last I'd heard is that he was going to visit. And then that was, I can't even remember. My days are all running together now, but anyway, he ended up that was okay. That was Thursday night. He was going to visit. And then about a couple hours later, or not even a couple hours, about an hour later, I got a, a message saying that, uh, you know, Darwin, Darwin's been sick and he may not be making the visit. Um, apparently he had tonsillitis and he hadn't even been going to school, but I know uh, Looper uh, uh, had gone by there to, to, you know, visit a school and everything. And uh, the, the one thing that I will say is that I, I really, I really feel that Darwin has been upfront with the TCU coaches and everything. And, and folks that I've spoke with out of Newton have all said the same thing that it, everyone pretty much knows where Darwin's heading. He, they, they all feel he's going to be at TCU. Um, I, I do know that uh, some of the family at least wanted him to take some visits and some people, and then I'm not, I'm, I'm just going off hearsay here, but some people have said that they, you know, mom wanted to go see California, even with the Florida state thing. Some, some said mom wanted to go see uh, Florida. And it's funny because everyone thinks it's just my TCU connections that tell me this. And it's, it's not just that. Um, but Darwin uh, didn't make it to campus. I know Coach Patterson's going to go visit with him in home on Tuesday. That's this Tuesday. That would be the 29th. And for now, they're they're expecting him to visit TCU that last weekend. This last weekend, he I mean he he doesn't have any other official visits. Uh, you know he's he's still got one left since he didn't go anywhere this past weekend. Uh, I do know that he didn't go to Florida State. He didn't take a visit down there. But in the end, uh, and like I said, Darwin Darwin has been straight up straight up with his intentions to to TCU. And and I know that when I say that the 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 coaches aren't worried about it, I've talked to enough people through my TCU connections and and other folks that TCU. It, you know, feels really, really good about this and, and they should, and fans should be feeling pretty good about it too. This is recruiting though. And, and anything can happen, but uh, if I was to bet my mortgage on it right now, I would bet that he's going to be at TCU. He's going to sign with TCU. That is good news. That's exactly what we want to hear. So I know that this has just kind of been the ups and downs, but uh, I, I, I guess I just want to say that it's okay to take a trip to California. It's okay to take a trip to Florida. That's not the worst thing in the world. You know, unless you've been through this recruiting process, you don't know what it's like to actually be uh, courted by folks. And even if you know that, you know, it might not be where you end up, uh, this is this is uh, this is what's going to happen. 
So I'm I'm okay. I mean I'm I'm okay with him taking those trips, but I'm really glad to hear that he's going to be able to commit to the frogs. That's kind of my goal is to, is to see him sign that on the dotted line for him to be able to become a frog and for him to be able to team up with Foster, which I think will be the best running back combo of the 2019 class. I don't know any team in the country that's going to land two better running backs than TCU when they land Foster out of Wichita Falls and Barlow out of Newton. So that's what I'm in. That that's what I'm hoping for in about ten days here is that all that kind of Everybody takes a deep breath. We understand who we've landed and that everything is good to go with uh, two of the three from Newton. So that's the plan right now. And I'm glad to hear you say that you think that's going to happen. Oh. Anything else on 19? Because we're going to switch gears here to the, the 20 class. So any anything else on the 19th the, uh, from the 19 class that you, you want to highlight real quick here, Jeremy? Okay. I think, we'll, I think we're good. Went to the top of his list and... Yeah, and Bama. Okay. This weekend, so I mean, it's I'm not counting on them getting a tight end. We're not counting. Uh, like I said earlier, I th- I think if they get Jordan and if they get Seether, uh, and Asante is another kid they were heavily recruiting. I I don't think they're gonna get the kid out of Virginia. Uh, yeah, yeah, he- yeah. I don't think they're not they're not gonna get him. That that whole situation's just been crazy because uh, he that kid has so many people. Uh, pulling him in different directions. You have one person that wants to, yeah, wants him to go to Florida State. Another group wants him to go to North Carolina. Another group wants him to go to TCU. Another group wants him to stay close to home, go to Virginia Tech or even Maryland uh, is is another school uh, to keep an eye on. But he uh, he's just been kind of all over the place. He visited Florida State this past weekend, and he's supposed to visit North Carolina the last weekend. Uh, and, and I don't think I don't think uh, uh, TCU is is really even in the run. And, I, and to be quite honest, I don't even know how much they're recruiting him after after uh, the midweek and you know just going up there and seeing him and just kind of being told so many different things, being left at the altar. So I think if yeah, so I, I think if they get Jordan, if they get uh, Keon Stewart, that's going to be the end of the class. And it's a great class. I mean, and, and it's. It's one that, again, they, they finished really strong with. Yeah, I feel really good about the 19 class. We'll obviously do a show to recap the the, ni- the 2019 recruiting class, but this is a good group of kids. So I feel really good about how we're closing, and I feel really good about who we got from the early the early signing day. All right, let's flip to the 2020 class. The Frogs hosted their first junior day. Uh, the Frogs had a small small group of people. This is how they've been rolling out their junior days lately. Is not where you get 100 kids on campus and hope that you shake somebody loose, but that you bring a select group of kids on campus, kind of uh, not wine and dine them, but you know, give them some special attention, talk to them about where they fit in the program. One of the guys I'm really excited about, I, I watched him in the state title game, uh, King, quarterback King, the son of the coach out of Longview, Texas. Some say he's maybe the top quarterback in the state of Texas for the 2020 class. You have said he's the top TCU quarterback target in the 2020 class. Uh, you, as well as uh, Gabe Brooks from 24-7, were able to you know kind of catch up and do some intel on this. Tell us a little bit about King and his visit on campus this last weekend and where the Frogs stand in landing his services. Yeah, he's he's their top guy. I've I've got that confirmed, and and it, he's another dual threat guy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Max. Just has really good speed. I've seen him run a four or five at TCU's camp before. Uh, he he needs to. He he doesn't have quite the arm strength Max does. He's he's got a good accurate arm, but he just needs to 
get a little bit more strength in it. And I think that comes as you add more weight. Um, but obviously he, he comes from a, his, his, his dad's a, a head coach. He comes from great pedigree. Um, his dad, John King is one of the most highly respected head coaches in the state. Longview obviously won the class six, a division two state championship this year, 16 and 0. uh, Marcus Williams, uh, the, the commit for TCU was the uh, right tackle for them. And, I mean, obviously, Jared Anderson has done a great job over the years recruiting East Texas, so they've got a, a really good connection. Uh, he and John King do, but uh, from every indication that I that I've got, Haynes really had a great visit. He had to cut it short because he had to go to the, uh, I think, the Ford Player of the Year awards. I think they had somewhere. Oh, I think that was up at the um, Star. Yeah, I, th- I think it was fairly close, but I think that's why he had to cut his, his visit a little short. Um, but it he's he's not one of those kids that is going to do a lot of talking. He kind of reminds me of Max. Max didn't really do a whole lot of interviews until after he committed, and then I would I would be able to talk to him pretty much any time I reached out. But it, the one thing I like about Haynes, man, is like if you watch that state championship game, did y'all see afterwards? The kid's just bawling. I mean, he he is just crying tears of joy, and that that make that's pretty cool to see that in a kid because I mean, just wanting to compete, wanting to win, and and he just reached that pinnacle of bringing home a state championship. Longview hadn't won it in so many years, and just the 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 flow of emotions that kid was feeling, and and the the head coach he's just kind of sitting there calm face and everything and patting his kid on the back because he's you know he's he's crying but uh, that was really cool to see because that that just shows me right there man how much uh, competitiveness that kid has and it, it's no surprise that TCU has him has him high on their board just because uh, of of what he can do and 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 his background and and if we've watched what Sonny has done the last few years recruiting quarterbacks. I mean, obviously he's done a, a fantastic job getting some of the top guys. And I think eventually Haynes is going to go up to four-star status. I think once more people see him and uh, watch more of his film, because I mean, he's, he's certainly generating the buzz to, to get uh, that four-star rating. I mean, he's, he's got a, a ton of offers, ton of more schools coming into the picture and, I think if if TCU somehow found a way to to land his commitment, man, that'd be a, a great start to the 2020 class. Yeah, there's been a lot of squabbling on our board about why we don't have a kid in the 2020 class. Uh, gun to your head, real quick here as we wrap up 2020 conversation, who will be the first 2020 commit for the Horn Frogs? Oh man. That's a tough one because I, I really don't know. It, it, it's kind of surprising to me right now, too, that they don't have a, a commitment for 2020 just because typically we, we see them start to roll in this time of year. And I don't know if it's as much as because kid. The, I, I do think the, the early signing day does have an impact because kids can start taking official visits in April. And so they really don't – why make why make a – commitment before your official visit i guess yeah so to speak it, it it's you know kids do that i mean i'm not saying it doesn't happen but i, I think the whole schedule kind of changes everything and uh i man you got me on this one that's I, all right you don't I, have I really, to have an answer i put you on the spot i, I think I, I think i think it would probably come from alignment i think uh nate anderson has a, a high interest in them he was over there on campus this past weekend 
Uh, I think Dominique Richardson out of uh, uh, Bishop McGinnis in Oklahoma City. I'll have a story out on him uh, pretty soon as well. And he he really liked TCU. The the Hullaby kid out of Bishop Dunn really likes TCU. But it it's I think it's going to be a kid that we'll be pleasantly surprised with. I don't think it's going to be a kid that's just completely under the radar. Not quite like the uh, 2021 commitment that everyone thought was a commitment that ended up being the preferred walk-on. Yeah. I don't think we'll be caught off. You know who I'm I know who about. you're talking about. Uh, Mo- moving on. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to be um, completely out of left field like that. I, I think it will be a kid that, that has been talked about pretty good. And uh, they're offering some kids. I they, They've been busy on the recruiting trail offering. And the kid they offered late last night, the Ty Jordan kid out of uh, West Mesquite, I was the first guy to ever interview him. And I, I like him. He's a really humble kid. He, he ran a 4-3 last year at TCU's camp. I think he had the overall fastest 40 time out of all the camps that they had. I think he had the fastest camp or fastest time in the 40. And uh, – he he would be dynamic as a as a running back slash uh, slot type receiver, and I know he likes TCU a lot too. So Miles Price is another guy out of the colony. So they, they they've got they've got some athletic weapons. Uh, if it was me, if if you want to put the gun to my head and 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 name a commitment, I I can't do that. I'd probably probably be dead. But I could at least tell you I think it's going to come from the offensive side of the ball. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, real quick, last bit on football. Uh, Senior Bowl looked like L.J. Collier and Ben Banigue really made a name for themselves. Uh, you got Ben playing rush defensive end, and then Ben had made that switch to linebacker. They said, "Hey, you're going to play linebacker in college or in, in the pros, even though he played the end in, in college." Both of them looked like they put up a, a you know put on a really good show at the at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Drew from the Star Telegram was down there covering that. We had some really good coverage locally. That was nice to see actually. So it looks like both those guys' draft stock has gone up. I watched a couple of the videos that they posted where you know this is not him going up against a kid from you know a, a FCS school week one. These are kids that are out there trying to showcase to get drafted on day two, which is really the goal at the Senior Bowl is to move that draft stock up as high as you can. And man, Ben was driving people around. He looked like all every time he takes the field, I feel like that kid gets better. You look at what he did his sophomore year to his junior year, the way he ended there in that Stanford game in the, in the Alamo Bowl, and then he just dominated on the defensive line this year. I have no doubt in my mind that he is going to cause havoc at the end in the NFL. And uh, I was really impressed with both of those guys did been playing ba- uh, uh, linebacker for the first time. And then uh, uh, LJ coming up there at defensive end, the pride of Monday looked pretty darn good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's a great story for LJ because it's, it's funny. Uh, when, when all of us first noticed LJ was really his, his junior year because of the state championship game and, Really, the the reason why people were watching that game in the first place was because of D. Paul. If you guys remember that athletic quarterback they had that ended up signing with uh, Texas Tech, and I, I think he played one year there and ended up at Tarleton. But it, it's it's crazy to see uh, where L. J. came from and just to to where he is now because it it is really just a, a testament of the type of development that TCU does. And, and, and what they're 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 known known for because LJ came in they didn't know what to expect yeah he's got good size he could play a three tech he could play defensive end and 
really, he just showed his versatility really the last two years of his career. I mean, he, and in really this past year, he, he came on really strong. I, I think he had a, a great year. And I, and I mentioned, I think about mid season that some of the scuttlebutt around uh, the, the program was that some of those NFL scouts, when they'd come to see practice, they were leaving talking more about or asking more about LJ uh, than they were anyone else, including Ben. So it, it became obvious that, Man, maybe LJ is is really gonna be a not not a not a sixth or seventh round pick, but man, this kid has a chance to move up to, like you said, Jeff, maybe even a day two guy. And I think he went to the senior bow and, and proved that. I mean, obviously he has good size, six two, two eighty, and he had two sacks in the senior bowl, and he did did everything that they asked him to. I mean, he and he, and he comes from TCU, and people, the NFL scouts, they. They know what kind of coaching they get at TCU. They know Gary Patterson and his staff develops players. They know they put them through rigorous practices where the practices are some of the toughest practices that you'll see throughout college football. And and I'm really happy. I'm really happy for a guy like LJ because I I know he's the pride of Monday, Texas, and and uh, it's really cool for me. I love small town kids. I've I've always been very upfront about that. Give me a give me a guy. It's from a, a town of less than a thousand that just goes on and makes it big time. I think those are just the greatest stories you can write. And uh, LJ obviously is that guy. And, and, and for Ben, for him to make that transition to linebacker seems so seamless. It's just another testament of the, the type of coaching that, that TCU gives him. And, and uh, you know, they, they at least sometimes in practices let, let, uh, Ben work around with the linebackers, run around and, and, and do some of those drills. And, and obviously he's, he's got good speed as well. I think both those guys are going to be impressive at the combine. And, and really when TCU has their pro day, the, the pro day, I think they're going to have uh, some really good performances as well. But yeah, they, they both put uh, uh, TCU on the map and Dan Sharp, man, got to give him credit, man. He, he's got the, the last two years, the first team, all big 12 defensive ends. Got to give credit to Dan Sharp. That's uh, come play defensive end at TCU. They're going to put you in the. They're going to put you in the league. That's just kind of what it is. So, all right, let's. That's another reason why Shamik. That's that's another uh, quote unquote business decision from that's Shemeek right. Blackshear. No kidding, you know, man. Looking at that, it's all you got to look at. All you got to look at. All right, let's switch gears here. Let's do really quick some basketball talk. The Frogs beat Florida in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, fifty-five to fifty. Frogs are, are are looking pretty sharp here. I know you know we lose a game we shouldn't, but then we come back and we win a game. So, uh, what did you, what was your take on the crowd? What was your take on the atmosphere and watching the frogs get a win this last Saturday, Jeremy? It's great. I th- I think the last two games have uh, have been really good uh, home home crowd wise. I, I thought the Texas game was pretty energetic. Uh, I thought the Florida game was pretty energetic uh, late. And not early on, but later in the game, man, I'm surprised there is a ton of Florida people in this area. Either they're coming all the way from Florida or there's a ton of people in in the DFW area that are from Florida, because I'm not saying it was, you know, 20% Florida fans or anything, but there was a lot more fans from Florida than I expected there to be. But uh, Florida's a good team and that was a good win. That That's a team that that's really, really strong defensively. Uh, and it showed because TCU only scored 55 points, but TCU uh, they're they're changing things the last two games, and that's what Jamie said. They're they're really more of a a defensive minded team. They're getting guys like Lat Mayan out on the floor because he's he's known for his defense. RJ's more known for his defense, 
and it, there's going to be some struggles offensively and, until they they click with that that new rotation that they have. But as far as defense goes, you really can't argue with with what they're doing because they they held Texas uh, pretty good, and, and obviously they held Florida pretty good. Florida, it, obviously, they're a few years removed from winning national championships, but they've still got a very solid basketball program. I think, uh, uh, you know, athletically, that was one of the, the more athletic teams TCU's faced. And it, it it's one of those games, and, and we asked the players about it. We asked them about it against Texas, and we asked them about it against Florida. The, these two games, down to the almost final seconds, these, these past two games were nail-biters. I mean, these – these were games that two years ago that they would have lost. Mm-hmm. And Desmond Bain said it best. <laughs> we we asked him every game, hey, you know, how's it, how's this helping you guys playing playing these close games? And what's different about you guys? And Desmond straight up said, two years ago, I'd have been shaking in my shoes to even <laughs> been in a game like this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he he was very upfront saying how nervous he would have been doing that, but. Uh, I think uh, you, you have a more experienced team, Alex. You know, you sometimes with Alex, it's kind of like Sean Robinson. You got to take the good with the bad. And there's moments where Alex looks fantastic out there, and there's moments where you're like, "Why is he doing that? Why is he going crazy out of control?" Alex, settle down. But he, you can't argue. Uh, TCU does have the best point guard in the Big Twelve, and 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 I think that. Uh, that that's huge for them right now. And, and with Quat Noy back out there, I think if Quat would have played uh, against Kansas State, that would have been a much different game. And it, it it's just I sit there and think every time I go to the game, it's just so crazy how how far this team has come. It's not not just the team, but the program in general has come in just the short amount of time that Jamie Dixon's been on campus. It's it's amazing that we're it, we're going into games and and when they lose you you don't expect them to lose and I mean they, we remember 0 and 18 in the Big 12. Beat. We all yeah, remember that. Yeah, I mean that it's, was it's, it's just nuts. It is nuts. It's just yeah. nuts but but yeah the, the, I I think the crowds will get better obviously on you know Monday they've got a a big Monday matchup, as they call it, on ESPN yes. against Texas Tech. I think that's going to be a great game. I think Chris Beard's done a just as just as good a job as Jamie Dixon has up at Texas Tech. Maybe not as good because you know Jamie had to resurrect a program that hadn't been to the dance in twenty years. But Chris Beard's one of those guys I, that that I knew was going to be a, a really good hire for Texas Tech, and and obviously he's proven that. And, and Texas Tech. Uh, believe it or not, they're they're becoming more known as a, a basketball school than a football school. I mean, I you're you're talking about a perennial top ten team on on the on the verge of a, a perennial top fifteen team at least um, for Texas Tech. But no, they're it's going to be a good game. That crowd's going to be wild up there in Lubbock, and uh, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, that's going to be a great game to watch. I cannot wait to watch that. So. All right, oh, and I was going to say too. I, 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 one more note on basketball: uh, to watch Kevin Samuel and, oh. and him just being a freshman. I, I man, I think he has got maybe the brightest future of any of those players right now. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he is such a huge presence for them down low. Um, he, he's so strong. He's got to get a little bit stronger hands, but I I, th- I think the way him and Alex get in phases of the game where they're just clicking with one another, it's it, and, and defenses can't do anything to stop it. And they did that the other day. There was a stretch where they scored six straight points where Florida could not do anything to stop 
the inside play from Kevin. But uh, I, obviously, TCU misses Vlad and they miss Kenrich. But man, Kevin Kevin has been a a really good surprise for them, and and I think he's going to continue to just keep getting better and better. And I think Kawat Noy. Someone better check his shoes, man. I'm pretty sure that kid has springs on the bottom of his shoes because no that, that kid is just so athletic, so athletic. Well, let's uh, let's close out here with our favorite topic. We're going to talk about food. So if you've stayed on this far in the show, you're going to enjoy these next 10 minutes. So just go ahead and uh, commit the sin of envy here. Uh, you know, it was about a week ago. We were uh, gathered together. Uh, you know, a little over a week ago, we were gathered together and uh, down there in Fort Worth, and we met up on a Monday night at Del Frisco's. Myself, Jeremy Clark, Daniel Southern, and a good friend of our shows, Jeff McCain. Jeff has been uh, one of the board members that has sponsored, uh, that, that's a member of Team Life that has sponsored our show here through this last season of football as we're kind of bringing that to an end. They're going to stay with us uh, as we move through basketball, baseball, and all that kind of stuff. Haven't yet? Go to teamlife.ngo. Find a good way to learn more about a great organization doing good work in Tarrant County and beyond. And Jeff said, hey, you guys do good work. We want to, I want to take you all to Del Frisco's and just kind of you know enjoy a night together and cut up and, and enjoy some time and talk about the frog so we went you know i don't know about you jeremy I'm, I'm a poor preacher and also i don't make a lot of money and so when i get invited to del frisco's like i i just know this is a big deal so i you know i had to double check with my wife you know because i'm flying into town she i'm like what do i wear to a thing like this because i can't i can't just look like a goat roper i gotta i gotta check the dress code at the door you know on on the site to make sure that i'm just can't show up in my flip-flops and my uh Craig James killed five hookers t-shirt. I'm not allowed to do that. So (laughs) man, that was a great evening for us to get together, hang out with Jeff, go out to to Del Frisco's, get a good steak, get a good couple bottles of wine. Uh, You know, just kind of what, you know, what what were your highlights? I'm going to start with you, Jeremy, and then we're going to go throw it to Daniel. What, what was the highlight of being able to hang out with, with Jeff at Del Frisco's? Um, I'm going to give an invitation here in a moment to anyone that wants to also take us out to eat, that you're more than welcome to do that. But what was it like going out there to, to Del Frisco's with the four of us? That was a great night, man. I loved just sitting back and, and visiting with you guys, visiting with Jeff. Jeff's a, a, a great guy himself, man. And, I mean, I, I think we thanked him for dinner about ten times between – each of us, so probably about oh, thirty man. times at Honada. That's that's the first time I've ever been to Del Frisco's. I mean, I've me been too. to the Sizzler, I've been to Logan's, man. I'm been, but let me tell you, Del Frisco's. <laughs> I'm kidding here, man. I mean, I mean, it's for him to. I mean, he could have he could have taken us out to anywhere, and we'd had a great time talking, man. But for him to just take us out to a place like Del Frisco's and and just treat us good, and I mean, it's just a a, a great night, man. Just a, just a great night, great food. Uh, we we always hear about that being uh, Coach Patterson's place, go-to place. And we were just kind of waiting patiently to see if he would walk through the door. Um, and and trust me, if he would have walked through that door, I was going to make sure Daniel shook his hand um, because I know Daniel really wants to do that. But it just I, – I, I can't express my thanks enough for Jeff to, to even, even treating us to that. That was awesome. It was. It was a. It was a great meal. Now, Daniel, you, it, maybe that's a place you frequent a lot more than Jeremy and I do. But what what was it like being able to to share in a great feast there? Because I saw the food that you ordered. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I saw the scotch that you ordered, and the guy knew that oh, yeah. that was that was the top of the line scotch. 
No, he didn't even know they had it. That's how good it is. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how refined my taste is. <laughs> did you see, did you see when Daniel got that glass, did you, did you see the way he was kind of stirring it? Yeah. He and, knew and what he just, was doing. He was inspecting it, man. It I passed. Never knew Daniel would be a scotch man. Oh, it did. Cause you, that glass was empty. Yeah. You're a scotch snob. Are you not? Uh, I can be a snob about things. I, I'll admit that. Yeah. But there was a special occasion and, um, I can't afford a full bottle of that stuff, so <laughs> <laughs> I get it whenever they have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah that if would... anyone's wondering, it was uh, a glass of neat Lagavulin 16 years. <laughs> neat Lagavulin 16 years. That's the first time I've ever heard that. First time I've ever said that. So maybe I'll have to have a first time for sharing one. Maybe next time I'm down there, we'll we'll all go there again, and and you can buy this time, uh, Daniel, and you can get us a get us a bottle of that for the table and and enjoy that and enjoy that. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I I did want to put this offer out. Two things to to wrap up our show. One. If you listen to the show and you'd like to, to break bread with us, we are uh, we are available. I can build trips around, uh, uh, chances for us to sit down. You can get the, the truest insider recruiting information possible um, for, a, for, a, for a good <laughs> meal. Uh, we, we would, we would be more than willing to do that. And, and Jeremy and Daniel and I will tag along with you to be your kind of your roadies and your homies and your, 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 your posse on that. But uh, if anybody else wants to do that, we're, we're all ears. But it actually got me thinking. Let's so let's say uh, let's say the four of us. Let's say there's three of us and a listener that wants to go out to eat. If, if it was four of us going somewhere and we could only send, spend sixty dollars, if it was just sixty bucks that we could spend and we had to feed all four of us and you had to be full, you kind of you're aiming for volume here. Where would you guys go to uh, to feed all four of us on sixty bucks? What's your go to spot? Mm, I'd go to Waterburger. Because you can get a good combo meal for less than ten bucks. It's true. Get a good combo meal, and and, and Waterburger is the the go to place down here. Can't go wrong with Waterburger. I'm probably going to go with Chicken Express. Whenever I'm back in Texas, I have to go get Chicken Express because that's that's about as good as it gets in my book. You know, get like a fifty piece tender, all the great, you know, all that gravy. It's good for you. And uh, get some of that sweet tea that's that's been sitting there all day in the sun. Oh, yeah. that, that's probably what I go to. I remember going to that. When I lived in Alito, my church was just off of Ranch House Road and uh, Bankhead Highway. And there was that uh, Chicken Express inside that gas station up there by where the, the, the railhead is now. And, man, I would I would go up there and I would get, you know, 10 pieces of, of chicken tender at uh, Chicken Express and all that gravy. It's really hard to believe that I was a lot heavier then than I am now. But, man, I used to go up there and just devour it. I could, I could take eight bucks yeah. up there and know that I'd be hungry. And I wouldn't be hungry when I left. And just, just so our listeners know, I almost didn't recognize you, Jeff. If I didn't see the beard, I would because, dude, you've lost like 50 to 60 pounds since the last time I've seen you. I, I've lost a lot of weight. I've lost a lot of weight. Yes, I have. I mean, I, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it's a long story, kind of a personal story to be totally honest, but back, uh, I, I talked about it on the show. So I'll just tell you, if you listen this long, you've, you've kind of earned it back, uh, back in December of 17, when our, our son died the week before he was due, 
I, I didn't go anywhere for two weeks and our church brought us all this food. And all I did was stay home and eat a bunch of food and drink beer and watch bowl games. And I, I probably didn't leave the house till like January 10th. And so I'm like, I'm wake, I remember waking up one day and I'm like, I feel terrible. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to keep moving. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go on a diet and go to the gym. And so I went on that keto diet. I, dro- I dropped all the carbs as, as much as the carbs as you could. And I just got on the treadmill mm-hmm. three or four days a week. And I've been doing that now for just about a year and I was, I'm, I'm 188 right now. And I was probably, wow. I'd been 240, but I got up to 250 there um, at the first of the year. So I'm, I'm down significant. I'm down six, over 60, but it's, it's really 50. So um, that, that, that it worked for me. So I'm, I appreciate you noticing my figure. That means a lot to me. It should be noted too, that you were wearing an Alabama Crimson Tide blazer. No, I wasn't. I was wearing a red jacket. (laughs) You almost look. Someone could have walked in and mistaken you for an Alabama coach. No, I didn't have. I didn't have uh, hundred dollar bills in my pocket to hand out. I'm not an Alabama coach. (laughs) I I wasn't handing out. I wasn't handing out homes and jobs on the Gulf Shore. I'm not an Alabama coach. (laughs) That's true. That's hey, true. I got a question about Chicken Express, and since, that, since that's your go-to meal. Oh yeah, all, all I, I, and I may be, I may be crazy, I may you be are. crazy, but to me, I like eating the Chicken Express tenders cold rather than hot. I think that's probably the best leftover meal I can get is leftover chicken tenders from Chicken Express. I think I think cold fried chicken is kind of a thing. Uh, I've heard of it, people eating it cold from other places, you know, not really? just Chicken Express. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Like like even babes or something, like pieces of, you know, not just tenders, like a wing or a drumstick or something. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 crazy because, it, like, I, I don't heat it. I mean, obviously, it's weird to heat up fried chicken. I mean, it just doesn't taste the same. But, man, for whatever reason, I just love eating that crap cold. So, it's not really crap. I don't know why you, even why I said crap. It's it's great food, uh, to be honest. So if I'm not alone in this, just post on the board and tell me I'm not alone and make me feel great. Well, I'll second that. I I love cold fried chicken. I'll eat cold fried chicken all the time. Okay, but I'd rather have it hot, but I will eat it cold. So it's not like it's out of the question. See, I hate cold pizza. People, and not just the, yeah, the bad like show on ESPN too. Uh, I hate cold pizza. <laughs> yeah, that show was awful. <laughs> that was awful, man. That, that show was garbage. Um, yeah, I like I like cold fried chicken. I, I, I like fried chicken in general, but I like hot fried chicken and, with some honey on it. But then if it's cold, I'll, I'll still eat it. You know, I'll still eat. I'll eat. I, I hate cold mashed potatoes, though. I won't eat those. I got to warm that stuff up. No. Warm that puppy up. Yeah, that's right. So, that's the way it should be. Well, we have officially devolved into um, what what well, temperature what about, we what like our Daniel? leftovers. What about him? What's he? Oh yeah, where are you going to take us, buddy? Where are we going to eat for sixty bucks? Well, it's kind of anticlimactic now. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> okay, so if I got sixty bucks and I got to feed, what was it? Four people. Yes. Okay, we're walking into Taco Bell, and everyone can pick. Three items off the dollar menu, and I'm keeping the rest. <laughs> you would do that. You would. So you're a, you're a cheapo. I'm impressed. Merry Christmas, kids. <laughs> That's right. Don't spend it all in one place. Don't spend it all in one place. So 
So we'll end this by saying thanks to our friend Jeff. We appreciate you uh, 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 yes. treating us. And you know what? I got to say this. Uh, he did not – I don't even know if he wanted the recognition. He just was so – he loves this show. Like he, he's one of those guys. He's older than we are. Uh, not that much older, but he lived through the dark ages of TCU football. And he said the idea that the program that he followed when he went there would now have not just our show, multiple shows, but our show specifically, where you get to you know get in your car and listen to people talk about TCU football, and TCU basketball, and in-depth recruiting, and fighting for four stars down towards signing day. He said he just came and wrap his mind around how far this program's come. And I, th- I think for a lot of guys that age, they have the best perspective, which is Yes, I want to win the Big Twelve. I want to win. I, I think we can win the national title. But we're they're grateful for everything that has happened in TCU football since since Coach Fran, and then of course, obviously, Coach Patterson got here to to bring the program to where it is. So he just was appreciative for everything that that people do to get the word out about TCU. So I, I you know, awesome. I he was awesome. He was awesome. I really appreciate uh, his support for our show and, and the way that he kind of, you know, listens along. He wrote me this week and he's like, Hey, I know your guys show died, but are uh, you going to get another one up this week? Cause I really, really <laughs> need it. I'm like straight into your veins, buddy. We will be, you could, you can listen to this thing on Monday morning. So. Oh, hey, uh, sh- should I divulge since, so the listeners will feel like they're part of uh, being there with us. Should I, should I so- share my story about the recruit? That's tied into Del Frisco's. Yes. Okay. So several years ago, if you guys remember the name Jared Cornelius, uh, he ended up playing up at Arkansas. Well, it was it, the craziest thing, man. Th- th- this is so crazy because me doing this, I get so many messages, so many messages of it. Just let me just tell you this. There's a lot of people that are in the right place at the right time sometimes. It, it's just really funny. But so Jared Cornelius, back in the day, TCU had taken their recruits to Del Frisco's. And so I immediately get this message from a guy. I think he's like a valet guy there. But he's he's a TCU student. And he follows, I think it was with I think it was with when I was with Scout. And so he messaged, hey. You know, Jared Cornelius and his family's up here, blah, blah, I'll let you know how it goes. I was like, oh, okay, blah, blah. And so, <laughs> long story short, about two hours later, he goes, I was outside and I just over- overheard him tell the coaches he's coming to TCU. And so, <laughs> I'm sitting there like, really? And so, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to see if this kid really responds. So I, I reach out to Jared. I was like, Hey Jared, you know, hearing some things, um, know you're on the visit with TCU. You already told me that, but I, Hey man, I've heard that you might've committed. And he said, yes, sir. I committed. And so he admitted it. And so I was like really on top but that, That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes I get lucky. That's why I told Jeff too. like, you got to be good, but you also got to be really lucky. And that's one of those parts where you just have to be really lucky because someone knows who you are and they, they let you know, they follow your stuff and they're like, Hey man, I'm, I'm at this place. And Jared Cornelius is here. And, and uh, so anyway, I write a story, but he hadn't even told Arkansas that he was going to go to TCU. He hadn't decommitted from Arkansas. So the bad thing, and this wasn't my fault. So if anyone wants to blame me, I blame whoever you want. You know, It's not me. The kid, the kid admitted, to me that uh, he committed to TCU. I got quotes from him, did the story. And then like two days later, he committed back to Arkansas. So 
that's uh so now if I get that kind of information, I'm holding on to it until I know that he's uh 100% committed to TCU. It's funny how those things work, man. And it's funny how those things unfold that it, maybe if you've been able to, if he'd been able to sit on it for a couple of days, then maybe that commit would have stuck. Cause oh, the, the way that all this stuff shakes out, I've, I've got just a little bit of a view behind the veil and it is ugly sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Oh, it is. It is. So, well, men, we're going to bring this show to a close. Hopefully you're able to listen to this whole episode and it isn't eaten up by the internet monster. So we're going to bring this to a close. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a review. Give us a rating. And as Jeremy said, if you haven't yet, you have got to join Hornfrog Blitz right now. Go to hornfrogblitz.com. Pay for one month and you get five months free. Six months for the price of one. Now is the time that you want to get inside of what's going on as we sprint towards signing day. And all those names that are going to start to bubble up to the top for the 2020 class, you're going to see it unfold on our board over the next few months. You've got to sign up. If you haven't yet, you are missing out on insider information that people live and die for for TCU football. So until we get together again here for Daniel and for Jeremy, I'm Jeff Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast.